Good evening. How are you guys feeling? Good. Good. All right. Well, well, the front row just, just filled up. Let me move right on back. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, welcome to Genesis. You guys enjoy the Chick-fil-A? Yes. It was good. Um, awesome. Well, my name is Mike, and here at Genesis, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so my hope is that when you walked in tonight that you felt welcomed and also hope that you came with an open heart because we have uh, prayed and prepared for you. And so we're glad you're here. I'm actually coming off a a four-week break from speaking. And so I'm really happy to be back tonight doing this. And um, I just wanna really give a shout out to the four guest speakers we had over the last four weeks, Emily Woodard, Jacob Malley, Jake King, and Cody Richard. So we can kind of give them a round of applause. They did an incredible job, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for what God has in store for us tonight. So I want to ask this before we get started. Does anybody here like to travel? Anybody like to travel? Yes. All right. Uh, traveling is a lot of fun, right? Traveling is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you get to fly on a plane. You get to go to a new place. You get to experience new people. You get a change of scenery. You get new perspectives. Uh, but one of the most stressful parts of traveling is, especially if you're flying, is packing, right? It's very stressful to pack, especially if you're flying because you have to get everything in the right containers. You have to get everything safe for the TSA lest you get uh, arrested or worse, searched. (laughs) You know what I mean? That happened to me once. It was terrible. Uh, And then you also have to make sure that your suitcase doesn't weigh too much. Uh, And if it does, then you have to take some things out for them to, to take your suitcase, take your bag. And that's like not the end of the world until you're, until your flight is like on the other end of the airport and you have to go all the way down there to, to get to it and you're running late. Um, and so, you know, they do this because the plane needs to be at like a certain weight to, you know, land and take off all those important things. Um, last August, my wife and I went to New York City and we flew out of Charleston. And when we did, our, our bag was a couple of pounds uh, over the limit. It was a couple pounds over the limit. And, and it was, uh, the number kind of came up on the, on the scale. And we were like, oh, you know. And the lady just kind of gave us a wink and said like, yeah, you're good. Go ahead. And I was like, okay, sweet. Well, on the way back, it was a much different story. So on the way back, we did the same thing. You know, you put it up on the scale. And it's supposed to be 50 pounds, right? It's supposed to be 50 pounds. And it said 53 and they were like, no, not gonna happen. There was no grace, no mercy at all. And so there we were like in Kennedy Airport, like on the ground, like throwing clothes out of our bag. And like, I had a book bag. And so we were like shoving stuff into the book bag, like the zipper's about to break, you know, like so many things. And, um, and, and so in the same way, and what I wanna talk about tonight, I believe in our lives, many of us are carrying around an extra weight that is slowing us down. And, uh, and that's what I wanna talk about tonight as we continue our series game changers. And in this series, we've been looking at different attributes, different actions that if implemented, if, 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 uh, if implemented into our faith will make a day and night difference, a night and day difference, a stark impact on our faith. And tonight we're going to look at what it's like to set aside the things that are weighing us down. So let me pray. And then we will jump in to uh, the verses for tonight. God, I thank you so much for, uh, for everything that you've done to bring us here tonight. God, I thank you for every single person that's come through the door. And, uh, and I pray, God, to, to, that tonight would be uh, the, the out of routine, God, the out of ordinary, that your spirit would be here doing amazing things in our lives. 
and that we would not leave here the same. So we pray that your kingdom come, your will would be done. In Jesus' name, we all said together, amen. Awesome. Well, if you would, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And while you're doing that, while you're turning to Hebrews 12, I'm gonna give you some context to what we're reading tonight. At the start of Hebrews 12, we are given this huge therefore that I don't want to ignore. Anytime you see the word therefore in scripture, you should always ask yourself what it's there for. And so I wanna give you a a brief overview of Hebrews 11, the, the preceding chapter, so that the verses we'll read tonight will make sense. Hebrews 11 is often referred to as the faith chapter because in it, there are numerous examples of Old Testament stories from Abel to Abraham and the Red Sea to Rahab. There's, there's all these stories of faith, all to prove the point that faith is what these people were commended for. These people had great, immense faith, and they are considered the heroes of Christianity, the, the pillars of the story of God. And so the author of Hebrews actually says that time would fail him if he were to tell all of these great stories of faith from the Old Testament. And so towards the end of Hebrews 11, he describes that these people did amazing things. They faced the lion's den. They, they won battles. They faced persecution. And they, they were made strong in their weakness. And he said they were so great that this world wasn't even worthy of them. And then he closes the chapter with this. This is Hebrews 11. 39 to 40. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. And so even these these legends that, that made it into this faith hall of fame still did not receive what had been promised, because God still had something better to come. And that something was a someone named Jesus. All of those Old Testament heroes were but a shadow of the coming Christ who would be the better and true version of all of them. And then we get to our therefore. So let's read the first verse of Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who are the witnesses? Well, they're the people we just talked about from Hebrews 11. And so the author of Hebrews is telling us that because we are being cheered on by all of these great heroes of the faith, we should follow their example. He says, let us also lay aside every weight. Let us also lay aside every sin that clings so closely so that we can run with endurance the race that is set before us. And right there, that idea of laying aside every weight and sin is tonight's game changer. Because like I said earlier, many of us have things in our lives that are are weighing us down or slowing us down in our pursuit of Jesus. And the author of Hebrews is telling us to lay those things aside. And our our walk with Jesus is referred to a, a few times in the New Testament as a race. And you guys know when, when people run, they don't carry a lot of things with them. I was actually just having a conversation with uh, Matt Goforth about running and, and Sarah. And I was telling him, I took a lap around my neighborhood yesterday and about died. Um, and running is hard. And so when you run, you don't take things with you. You want to be as light as possible. And in some cases, if you're running a race, 
You need to be as light as possible. That's why when you see these track runners, they're wearing like the aerodynamic wind resistant short shorts, right? Because they need to be as wind resistant as possible. They need to remove as much resistance as they can. A couple of years ago, some friends and I did the, the Bulldog Challenge downtown. And when we were getting ready for it, we would run a mile with a 20 pound sandbag on our back. And then well, when that was done, we would take the sandbag off and then run another mile without it. And I can tell you, when we were able to put down the sandbag and run the second mile, that second mile was like nothing in comparison with the first. And so that's what we're being told to do here, to put down our sandbag, to, to take the clothes out of the suitcase. And so in verse one, we see that the author tells us to lay aside every weight and sin. And so he makes this distinction between weight and sin. And so I wanna talk about those, those two parts because there is a, a difference. And I'll talk about weights first. So in this context, we'll say that a, a weight is just a good thing turned bad. Something that, that in and of itself is good, but when we don't have it prioritized correctly or whatever, for whatever reason, we've given it too important of a place in our lives, something that is not inherently bad, uh, but also does nothing to move us closer to Jesus uh, and also may end up pulling us away from Jesus. And so some easy examples could include Netflix, video games, social media, TV, a hobby or a habit, and could even get as personal as a dream that you have for your life or a person in your life. All of those are good things that can sometimes turn bad and start slowing you down in your pursuit of Christ. And I can give you some examples from my own life. About uh, two years ago, I decided to give up video games. I, I played a lot of Trent shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, we used to play it together a lot, actually. Um, I played a lot of, of Madden. I played a lot of NBA 2K. I played a lot of NCAA football. The guys know what I'm talking about. And it got to a point where I just eventually realized how addicted I was. And so I stopped. They, they, they weren't pushing me closer to Christ. And they honestly were wasting so much of my time that I got sick of it. Another example from my own life is, uh, was a much tougher one. And this one kind of came in stages. Around the time I gave up video games, I, I started getting up earlier in the morning, uh, sacrificing one hour of sleep and that made a world of difference in my ability to spend time with God on a daily basis, sacrificing that one hour of sleep. And now that our baby is in the picture, I've now pushed that to two hours earlier than normal. Uh, because for me, it clicked in my mind that if I want to first lead myself and then also lead my family and then also lead this ministry closer to Jesus, I have to part with sleep. It's just, the, it's the only way that I can prioritize my life correctly. And, and, and I don't want you to hear me wrong because I'm not telling you to quit playing video games and get up early. I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you that was my weight that I needed to let go of. And so tonight, I want you to be thinking of what your weight is. What is the sandbag that is slowing you down in your pursuit of Jesus? What are, what are the clothes that you need to take out of the suitcase? What weight can you decide to lay down so you can have a better relationship with Jesus. Now, the other side of that coin is sin. The author of Hebrews said, lay aside every weight, lay aside every 
sin. And so not surprisingly, sin can significantly hinder your walk with Jesus. And so a good way to define sin is the big I problem. It, it is any time you put yourself in the center of your universe. Um, I've, I've, heard it said it, I've heard it said before, and, and I know this is cheesy, but when you look at the word sin, the letter I is in the middle. And so at the center of sin is me. At the, at the center of sin is you, it, it's self. And so is there a sin in your life that is weighing you down in your walk with Jesus? This could be pride. It could be anger, it could be addiction, gossip, idolatry, seeking the approval of others, unforgiveness. And I know we can carry around that sin like a sandbag on our shoulders and it's exhausting. So I don't know about you, but I know for me, when I think about the, the, the sin that slows me down, I'm like all of the above, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, like all of them, um, pride, approval of others, anger, unforgiveness, those are all things that I struggle with and I can tell you that, that for me, that, that though I've had moments of, of failure in those areas, I've also had a lot of moments of freedom as well. And that only comes by remembering that when it comes to sin, I'm, I'm not the one taking the sandbag off my shoulders. Jesus came into my life. Jesus took the sandbag off my shoulders for me. That, that through his work on the cross, by, by dying in my place, I can drop that sandbag of sin and move on. I can let go and move on. And the same goes for you tonight. And so when it comes to this weight and and sin, we have a choice to make. We either hold on to the the sin and the weight that is hindering us, or we set them aside so that we can better run our race. And I can tell you that whatever is weighing you down has probably been weighing you down for far too long. It's time to let go. You got too much resistance in your life. Let it go. And I wanna mention before we move on that by, by doing this, I don't, I don't want you to think that you earn bonus points in righteousness by doing this. If you are saved, you are as saved as you ever will be. When we start to let go of the weight and the sin holding us back, we have a better relationship with Jesus and we become extremely more effective for the kingdom of God. And so when we start to feel held back by a weight or a sin in our life, We need to fix our eyes back on Jesus. And that's exactly what verse two is gonna tell us to do. So let's read. This is Hebrews 12, one to two. We'll read verse one with it again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're encouraged here to, to lay aside every weight and sin so that we can run with endurance the, the, the race that we uh, have been given while looking at Jesus, the, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And Jesus, because of the joy that was coming, ran his own race with endurance, even though it ended in this shameful death on a cross and now he's seated comfortably at the right hand of the throne of God. And there's a lot in that. And so I wanna break this down for us because, because this is huge. What, I, what, what we see in these verses is that looking to Jesus beckons us to lay aside the weight and the sin. We're not just letting go of it just to let go of it. We're letting go of it because what we have our eyes on is so much better. It compels us to let go of the weight and the sin. 
saying, Jesus, I, I want you more than I want whatever it is that's weighing me down, that you are worth me setting, setting aside all else so that I can run my race with as much endurance as I possibly can, so that I can pursue you with all that I've got. Until you see Jesus as someone that is worth forsaking all else for, you'll continue to find yourself weighed down and exhausted at the thought of following Jesus. And I also love that the author tells us to look at Jesus because I, I feel like oftentimes when we're walking with Jesus, when we're running our race, when we're living for the Lord, whatever you wanna call it, we're kind of we inclined to look to our left and look to our right. And I don't wanna turn this into too much of a message on a comparison, but it's so true. And so I wanna hang there for a minute. When we're, when we're walking with Jesus, when we're living life for the Lord, we are inclined to look to our left and see somebody like St. Sally, who listens to nothing but his radio, floats on clouds, never lost a sword drill. You know what I mean? Anybody know what a sword drill is? Never lost a sword drill. It's when you like, it's like a, I went to a Christian private school, okay? I, that's why I know what these things are. I shouldn't. Basically like a Bible race, like you're given a reference and you find it really quick. You know what I'm saying? Never lost a sword drill. St. Sally, undefeated <laughs> in sword drills. And you think, man, I could never be like her. I could never be like St. Sally. And then you look to your right and you see Mr. Newly Saved, who's all happy and excited and energized, just learned what a sword drill is. And, and you think, oh, just wait, man. That'll wear off. You'll be like me one day grizzled and old, sad. Or you look and there's someone who is claiming Christ and not living like it, and you're thinking, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. This is why the author of Hebrews is telling us to run our race, looking to Jesus with our eyes on Jesus. Let Christ be your standard. Let Christ be your motivation, your motivator, the founder and perfecter of your faith. Don't look around to your left and to your right. Look straight ahead and keep your eyes on Jesus. And when we realize that we are not Saint Sally, when we realize that we are no longer Mr. Newly Saved, and the race gets hard, when your legs get tired and you're out of breath, when, when you lose your job, when, when, you, when you get the diagnosis or when the, when the family member is sick, when school gets the best of you, when you lose somebody close to you, when you feel like you can't endure, we have to remember how Jesus endured, knowing the joy that was set before him. Do you know what that joy was? It was you. The joy that was set for Jesus on the other side of the cross was that you and I could have a relationship with the Father like he had. When you feel like you can't endure, we gotta remember how Jesus endured. And I love how the message translation says this. When we remember how Jesus endured, it will shoot adrenaline into our souls. Come on, could anybody use some adrenaline for their soul tonight to run their race? If you want that, drop the sandbag. Take the clothes out of the suitcase. Drop the sin, drop the weight, and set your eyes on Jesus. 
I love how verse two ends. We lay aside every weight and sin. We run our race looking to Jesus and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The fact that Jesus is seated tells me something. It tells me that up in heaven next to the throne of God, Jesus is not pacing around. He's not nervous. He's not anxious. He's not up there biting his fingernails. He's not up there fidgeting. He doesn't have butterflies in his stomach. He's not worried. He's seated. When you're running your race, Jesus is telling you, there's no need to worry about what you're going through. There's no need to worry about coming in first place. There's no reason to think that I'm surprised by anything going on in your life. I want you to run your race. I want you to drop the weight. And while you do, I don't want you taking your eyes off me. Tonight, as you think about what that weight is, I want you to set your eyes on Jesus. What is the weight that you need to let go of tonight? What is the sin that you need to drop? So many of us us in here have something that we've probably been holding onto and carrying around for far too long. Something from our past, an addiction, a habit, a mindset. And tonight is our opportunity to let go of it to drop the weight, get the sandbag off your shoulders, set your eyes on Jesus. And if you came in here tonight tired and you came in here tonight exhausted and your race has gotten really hard, set your eyes on Christ. Remember what Jesus did for you and get some adrenaline for your soul. I'm gonna pray as the band comes up. You will go ahead and stand with me. Jesus, I thank you that you are in heaven, seated. You're not moving around. You're not anxious. You're not pacing. You're not biting your fingernails. You're not anxious. You're seated. Because of that, we can trust you. You've got your eyes on us. You know the race that you've set before us. And so God, maybe tonight we just need to be honest with you and say, God, we're, we're tired. Running this race is really hard. We got a lot of weight on us. We got some sin in our lives. Jesus, we wanna take this opportunity to reset our eyes onto you. Your goodness, your grace, your victory, your resurrection, your power. And be compelled tonight to be beckoned tonight, to let go of the weight, to drop the sandbag, to take some clothes out of the suitcase so we can better run our race. And we thank you, God, that you you found joy in us, enough joy that you were willing to endure the cross, to despise the shame. And we thank you, Jesus, for what you've secured for us in eternity. But God, while we're here on earth, while we're running our race, God, I pray that we would not take our eyes off of you. We wouldn't be worried about coming in first place And we would trust you with everything that comes our way. 
So God, have your way in this place tonight. And I pray for whoever it is tonight that needs to drop something, would drop it in the name of Jesus. And walk out of here lighter, walk out of here stronger, and run in their race like never before. In Jesus' name, amen.